when I switched or, or expanded, I should say, from being just trying to make beautiful pictures to I just realized I was out on a mural one time uh, and I was I had headphones on. I was listening to to headphones, listening to music. And somebody came and wanted to ask me a question about the work. And I took my headphones off and had a conversation. And the conversation was a good one, you know, where I felt like I was connecting with this person. I was helping this person understand the art that I was making. And I just had this inspiration, like, don't wear your headphones anymore. You're here to answer these questions. You're here to have these conversations. And ultimately, I realized that's as much a part of my art as making the painting. You know, I'm making the painting, but but my it's also my work to love these people. It's the same. It's not different. There's not the painting and the conversations. It's all the art. That's all the artwork. And it's all about putting love into the public. And from that point on, I didn't wear headphones anymore. Hey, spiritual artists, I want to thank you for listening to my podcast and supporting me this year. It has been a great year. I just want to remind you of two things. First, I have a book called The Spiritual Artist, and it is on Amazon. It's the perfect gift for an artist in your life. It's a great stocking stuffer, something you can take on an airplane as a gift. So I encourage you to buy the book and share it. And second, I wanted to let you know that I'm planning my second spiritual artist retreat in North Dallas. It's a great experience. I just got done with one about four weeks ago, uh, about 12 people getting together, sharing spiritual ideas and artwork. I can't think of a better combination. So check it out. It's listed on my website, spiritualartisttoday.com. You can read about it. You can download a brochure that talks about what you get for the price and how much fun it is. Um, Thanks again. I look forward to sharing all these wonderful tips and tricks with you in 2024. Can you believe it? Have a great holiday and talk to you soon. Bye. Good day. You're listening to the Spiritual Artist Podcast. This is Chris Miller, your host. I have a return guest today on the podcast, and I am thrilled to have him. Um, Alex Cook was one of the first people that I interviewed probably about two years ago. And we had such an engaging conversation. He was actually probably one of my favorite interviews. So I am so excited that he's coming back to the show. And I'll tell you why and how I ran into him here in Dallas, Texas. But let me give a little bio. He is a multidisciplinary artist, and he lives in Boston, Massachusetts. Since 1997, he has created over 240 murals in 22 states and six countries, which is amazing. And in 2014, he created the You Are Loved Mural Project. We're going to talk about that today, and that's how I kind of ran into him. Um, He also has written and recorded five albums of original songs. You can find them on Spotify. I've listened to some of his music. I love it. And he performs around the U.S. Most recently, and and we're also going to talk about that. I have a copy of it with me. He released a book, You Are Loved, Spiritual and Creative Adventures and Memoir. We talked about this in the first interview, and I just have it at hand because it's a great book, and I encourage you to get a copy of it. Um, he is an avid basketball player and collector of art books. So good morning, Alex. How are you doing? Morning. Great to be here, Chris. I I, I, um, I was so thrilled. So I'm going to share this with the listeners. I was on Instagram, and, and I saw a post, and I follow you, and I follow your murals. And and I'm like, wait a minute, he's in Dallas. And and I was like, and so I texted, I messaged Alex something and said, hey, why don't you tell me you're coming to Dallas? And he responded and said, well, I'm here and I'm still painting. Let's let's meet. So I, I was thrilled to come down and see you at work. Is it Thanksgiving Square? Is that right? Yeah, that's it. Yep, right downtown. Yeah, I I, I um I want to talk to the listeners about this and about your whole. I'd call it your ministry of murals, your mural ministry. I don't know if you like that term or not, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I went down and we met for dinner and had a great conversation and, and Alex has this whole campaign. And so tell me about it. I'm going to get some of your pictures off of Instagram and I'm going to slide some of your murals uh, over this interview so people can see them. If you're watching this on YouTube, instead of listening to it, um, but Alex, tell me, you you did a little different thing here, right? It wasn't the you are loved concept. Yeah, 
So, so I was working with this organization, Thanksgiving Square in downtown Dallas, that has a really beautiful mission of uh, using their space. It's an actual park right there in, in downtown. Um, but it's dedicated to uh, focusing people's thoughts on the idea of gratitude. Um, it's just a, a really amazing and pretty individual uh, organization. I don't know too many organizations out there that are like that, that have a, a space that's dedicated to a particular virtue, you know. Um, and so they have uh, different programming and works of art uh, and quotes up all over the place that are meant to, uh, you know, when you're down there, uh, focus thought on uh, on gratefulness, gratitude, forgiveness, and all kinds of um, uh, other virtues like that, and and also actually inclusiveness, kind of a, a sense of of embrace around people of all types. Uh, anyway, they uh, have a space that they have a, a rotating mural on um, that you know changes every every couple of years, um, and they asked me. Knowing that I did text murals, they asked me to make a mural of the phrase love people, um, which was really fascinating for me because, you know, I do you are loved again and again and again and again, which is wonderful. And I love to do it. Uh, <clears throat> but it was really fun to get the, the variation, uh, both in meaning and uh, in a sort of nerdy way, the uh, just the difference in the letters, the the different uh, angles and curves that the letters in love people have is different than than the same things in in you are loved. Um, so it was an eleven by fifty five foot mural that we had uh, forty community members uh, who came and helped paint in the we have a, a community participation element in in the murals that I do. Um, so now it's finished and you can see it right down in Thanksgiving Square. Okay, there's so many wonderful things about that. I love, <laughs> I, I love it. So I love the concept of of uh, an organization promoting gratefulness. I love that, and yeah. and I I love the um how you've done this whole mural project. So I also want to share with the listeners the idea of an artist doing something with their art that changes the world like that. So tell me, you 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 know, at first show them you you had that poster there about the technique that's used on the mural. Oh, you just lift it up, right. Explain this so, concept to him. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been over the last few years, I've been just in my own explorations, uh, developing this uh, kind of uh, geometrical painting using colored lines. Um, it's been an exploration of, of color and contrast and pattern for me. This is uh, one. I'll do it this way so you can see it better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a, a little example of the, the kinds of things I've been doing. Um, if you can imagine, in the same way that, the, that these diamonds go over these circles, um, the diamonds went over the letters in this, in this mural. So there's a sort of a, the, the words are all written out in this big blocky style, you know, 11 foot tall letters. Uh, and then these diamonds are going over the whole thing. Um, which was actually, this was the first time I had had the opportunity to use that particular um, design in a mural. I had done lots and lots of, of paintings here in my studio, but this was the first time that I had the chance to, to do it at such a large scale in public, um, which, you know, anytime you do something completely new, especially if it's in public, um, uh, was a little boy, a little bit... Uh, I was a, a, not nervous, but just like kind of excited. Boy, I hope this comes out right. Uh, and and thank goodness it did. Well, you know, they always say, uh, I just read something about you're, you're not really being an artist unless you're you're like reaching just a little higher than your, your comfort zone. You know, you're always reaching just a little higher than your comfort zone. So this is the first time you did that diamond pattern on a mural? Yeah. Oh, wow. How neat. It looks great. It looks great. Thank you. Yeah. And so I had, I love that conversation. I was talking to Alex that night. We walked down and looked at his mural and of course he starts talking and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to record this. <laughs> so you're talking about the whole idea of, of how you merge shapes with abstract and the idea that the type was actually simplified almost, um, it, it, you know, to a, to almost the basic shape. So, yeah. can you ex and, and it does have a three-dimensional feel to it. So explain that a little bit. Yeah. 
So, you know, I, I've been doing these You Are Loved murals for 10 years now. And uh, in order to keep my artistic interest, I made a, a resolution long ago that they were going to change. They had to be, each one had to be different. I, I, I really knew that I wanted to be learning and exploring as I was making them. And one of the um, evolutions of that exploration was, whereas the letters began in sort of linear typeface, uh, over the years, I started to, uh, I arrived at a simplification of all the letters where the, the capital A just became a triangle. Uh, and the O is a circle, and the um, the capital, the, the V is just an upside-down triangle, um, to where all the letters have been simplified just to, to the degree that they can be and still be the letter, um, just to geometrical shapes. And at that point, um, it became clear to me, oh, this is, I'm really just dealing with curves, angles, lines, uh, color, pattern, composition. These are really just purely formal elements. We just happen to have agreed as a culture that this set of curves and lines has a meaning. You know, like when you when you put these curves and, and angles together, it's a word. And that word has meaning. But the curves and angles themselves are just curves and angles. So uh, that was very fascinating to me to realize, oh, I'm actually just making purely formal compositions um, that are, there are some absolutes that there are some uh, that are dictated by the letters. But beyond that, uh, I really have just total freedom to um, make an abstract painting. As long as the words are still legible, um, I, I can just make an abstract painting, uh, which was fascinating and has, uh, given me endless uh elements to explore over these years yeah you know once again so many things so <laughs> i love that i i do want to share that with the listeners because i think that's a characteristic of what i call a spiritual artist you're always moving ahead you every every painting every piece of work is is uh, is a stretch into a into a more a different experiment you're trying to take it further and so the fact that you mentioned that when you started this whole mural project you decided that it would always be moving because there's people that would do the exact same, you know, they would do the exact same thing over and over again, but you're, you're let, you're letting it evolve. Right. And, and in a way it's evolving. It's also has its own story, right? You, 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 I'm sure you're trying to, you might, you can't really control that. Right. It's, it kind of tells you what it wants to evolve to a little bit, doesn't it? Well, I don't, I don't want to control it. I mean, that, that's, that's the whole thing there. If you're controlling it, you're staying inside your own little closed circuit. Uh, but if you're not controlling it, you are allowing in new ideas that change the work, that change you, that force you to explore. Uh, and when we talk about getting, you know, beyond the comfort zone, I think there's an order of operations. Like if I think to myself, I need to get outside my, my comfort zone and that's the motivation, for me, that's the wrong order. The order is... I need to be interested in something and follow my fascination, follow what I'm trying to learn. And that moves me outside my comfort zone. Getting outside the comfort zone is the effect of my desire to learn. It's not my first stepping stone. I'm not thinking I need to get outside my comfort zone because that, you know, then I might just be uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, right. there's no, there's no inherent virtue or progressiveness in being uncomfortable or miserable. Uh, it's just in service of the thing that makes me feel great, which is learning and exploring and expanding my, my creative horizons. Mm, I love that. I, I love how you clarified that. Thank you. Um, you always move me ahead, <laughs> you know? So um, I, uh, I wanted to share something. I grabbed the book this morning because I want to talk a little bit about this idea that you've created this. Is it a nonprofit? I mean, have you formed a separate nonprofit for this mural? Project no, no, this no. is just, this is just me as an artist making my way. <laughs> That's interesting. Cause I, you could, right. I mean, you could actually turn that into a nonprofit, but you get people support you and people have, 
they, mm-hmm. they pay for these murals, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's been something that I, that I thought about every now and then over, over these 10 years, you know, would it be better for the project if it were a nonprofit? Um, and ultimately things were just, were moving ahead fine as they were. Uh, you know, I, I do have a, a thing set up where I can't, I have a, basically what's called a fiscal sponsor. So if somebody wants to make a donation, especially, especially a larger donation, they can do it through that. So it will be uh, tax deductible, but I'm not uh, a nonprofit per se, but I do have this uh, fiscal sponsorship that allows me to receive tax deductible donations. You know, I just thought of something It was kind of fun uh i want to remind i want to repeat this to the listeners it was in the intro he has done 240 murals and that's just amazing to me in 22 states and i think i think alice you should set a goal to hit every single state (laughs) it's sort of been been the implicit goal from the beginning uh really just as a pipe dream 20 years ago um and you know we're not halfway there after doing 20, you know, working for 26 years. So we'll see. Well, you know, I was going to say, you know what? You should send me a map where they're color coded and we'll put that in this in this video and people can see what states you're missing because it, it could be that easy. You know, it's just that easy. That's a great idea. I'll take you up on that. All right. Send me a map and I'll put it in here so people can say, hey, he's not in my state. And <laughs> and, and and so what happens? So. You find an air, explain this process to our listeners. How do you, people come to you and say, hey, I want a mural in this area. How does it work? You know, uh, at this point, that's basically it. You know, I have my website, I do my social media, I have my email list, um, and I put my social media and my website on every mural that I make. Um, so, you know, the, the hundreds and ultimately thousands of people that are going to see this uh, Thanksgiving Square mural, they will all have access to, you know, follow my Instagram. Go to go to my website, yourlovemurals.com. Um, so you know, all during the year, uh, I'm receiving uh, inquiries through the website. You know, I'm I'm uh, the principal of an elementary school in Southern California. Uh, I run a shelter in Kansas City. Uh, you know, I I'm a, uh, run a, a church in Georgia, um, and they're all interested in in uh, you are loved murals or some variation thereof for whatever reason they may have. Um, you know, over the years, long ago, it was a whole lot more of me hustling and getting out in the world and going to meetings and making phone calls and, and those sorts of things. Um, but uh, in terms of, of getting the work, I'm happy to say that uh, after 26 years, it's more people coming to me. Yeah, that's nice, right? <laughs> it is. It's really nice. So let me ask you uh, to clarify this. Let's talk about, you talked about why people would seek you out because it says you are loved. Let's talk about your side of it. Why is that important to you to say that to the world? Well, I mean, it's real simple. Uh, I think that feeling loved heals people's lives. Uh, So much of the suffering that we all do uh, is based in one sense or another of not feeling loved. And it's not really like a mural that says you are loved is going to convince you. But I do think that it's kind of a reminder. And especially that that's where, where linking it with art makes a big difference. You know, it, it would be, it's one thing to, you know, type it out in black and white on a piece of paper that say you are loved. You know, that, that's fine. That's a lovely message. But it's different when, like this mural, it's 11 feet tall in a public place and has all of my uh, years and passion and desire for art undergirding the message. Um, you know, the, the color and the design and the, the beauty invested in it, um, I have faith that that gives the message a greater authority and a greater gravity than it would have if it was just, you know, a piece of paper that you found blowing through the blowing through a park, you know, Uh, that's, that's the power of art, Um, color and design and decision-making and all these, all these uh, qualities that we invest in our work that make the message, um, 
uh, easier to feel, uh, maybe more difficult to escape feeling it. Right. <laughs> um, I, I really feel like giving it this authority is I use art to make it more difficult for people to roll their eyes at the message. You know, I, I don't want these, the, the, the danger is that it's going to feel cheesy, you know, like a Hallmark card or, but, but my, my sense of that is things are only cheesy when they're insincere and I'm sincere and I'm demonstrating my sincerity with the, with the art uh, that I, you know, all the qualities that I invest in these murals um, that I hope make it more difficult to escape the truth of the message that I'm trying to get across. I'll tell you, you know, Alex, I could listen to you forever. <laughs> so, so I love that. I, I do think there is something about that though. You know, the idea of you are loved is a moving statement for someone to see when they're walking through a plaza and 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 I think you mentioned that um, on one of your Instagram posts that that people come up to you right and when you're painting and they're already reacting to that to the message and what you're doing. There was an awesome one in in Thanksgiving Square this you know a couple of weeks ago when I was working on this. Uh, I was probably you know three or four days into the project. It's it's visible. The words were there. Love people, uh, and a woman came up to me and and. Uh, very quickly jumped in and she said, uh, uh, I've been trying to decide whether or not to forgive someone in my life. I was like, wow, this woman opened up quick. Yeah. And that's a cool thing about talking about something so intimate as love in public um, is it kind of opens the door. It presents an invitation to people that says, you know, we're here, we're talking about love. And if somebody wants to talk about love, they often feel free to jump right in. Um, so she said she was deciding whether or not to forgive somebody and basically indicated that uh, this mural had had pushed her in the direction of, of doing it. Uh, and that was so cool. And I just said, boy, thank you so much. Um, and then I forget what she said, but it was some kind of she expressed some kind of uncertainty about like, but I kind of don't know how or like I'm scared about it or something. And I just had this felt this impulsion inside me of like say something supportive and i just said i said you know whatever efforts you make in the direction to forgive are going to help the world is what i said uh and she just smiled real big and said thank you and left uh and i just felt like wow that was a good interaction that was really really solid. And I felt good about the thing that I said too. it wasn't like, well, you better forgive him or, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like you know, uh, but it, I just felt like, like the, the thing that came out of my mouth, I, I could stand behind and I, and I felt like it was true. Anyway, the next day she walked by again, um, this time with, with a friend and she just looked by and she smiled at me real big, didn't say anything. And I smiled back at her and that was it. Um, but you know, those are the kinds of of interactions that that you pray for. Uh, the, it's it's always for anybody who's investing uh, themselves in in work to help people. It's really um, it's really comforting when you see little little pieces like that, little 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 lights uh, right there in the real world. Yeah, I think it is amazing. It's 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 certainly um validating and and I love what you said. You know, like you said, you didn't chastise her and you didn't shame her. You just said what, what any even the thought. Honestly, even the thought of her forgiving the person is mo is moving consciousness in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, I thought of my own times when I I could relate to her uncertainty about her ability to forgive, you know. I can think of plenty of times when I was hurt or angry or in the middle of trying to forgive but still not feeling it <laughs> and you know that's painful those are painful situations so I, I i was only feeling supportive of of her uh and i know it's a thing that we often don't um have control of the pace of how those things go but but i know that it's right to do it you know i know that it's healing um to actually do the forgiving 
Um, so I just wanted to be in support of of that without making her feel any kind of uh, pressure or negativity. Yeah, I mean that 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 is it's wonderful. I think we all have that. You know, I, I it does help you, but even that obviously doesn't shift a lot of people. You know, there's situations in your life where where you feel hurt so badly that it is hard to forgive. Um, I've tried to do that in my life, but there's times where, you know, and unfortunately for me, a lot of times it's with family members or something when I was young, you know, when I was very young and and vulnerable. Um, But it is a wonderful thing. And I think the idea of something, you know, this, you know, love people, you know, it kind of shifted your message a little bit there too. Right. It really did. And it was fascinating to see. I I think love people, hit her very differently than you are loved would have hit her. You know, her, her thing was about loving someone else. Right. right. Um, so, you know, you, you never know how those things are going to change uh, the effect that, that it has. But um, I certainly just have faith that with a message so simple and so pure, uh, the outcome will be good. Yeah, it, it, it's it's wonderful. Um, I wanted to share something in your book because, I, I it, you know, I would, I'm going to say this again to the listeners. This is a great book. I, I really enjoyed reading it. And it's got heartfelt stories. You know, it, it, so much of this book is like little stories. You know, like you could just take the one little story and 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 listen to it. But this is about the campaign here. And I swear this morning I asked Spirit, you know, where I should start. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. If there was something in this book we needed to share. But this is about the murals. And you said this when you were thinking about the concept. This is way back. And you said, when I got home, I began to make sketches for murals where the entire content would be the words, you are loved. I dreamed, what if you could do it in a downtown intersection where thousands of cars and pedestrians pass daily? What if the letters could be 12 feet high, towering over the people, asserting themselves by their sheer size? This is the best part. What if you could just declare love confidently, defiantly? beautifully right there in front of everyone that's that's amazing so how does that feel alex when you declare love in front of everybody you've done 240 declare declarations <laughs> of love uh it, it feels it feels amazing um certainly years ago it was more kind of mind blowing to me when i was first when i was first doing it um and to be clear, the 240 is my whole career. The You Are Love project is just the last 10 years. Okay. I think there are 115, maybe, of the oh. You Are Love murals. In any case, it's still plenty. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it it felt wonderful. It felt like I had walked through a door. You know, there was the before world and the after world. This, this you know, after having painted a You Are Love mural, I was a different person. Um, I was the guy who agreed to speak about love in public. Uh, I was no longer kind of like a private citizen in a way. <laughs> I mean, I am, but like, yeah. uh, I had agreed with myself that this is what I'm going to do. And the, the thing in us or the thing in our culture that says, this is too intimate. Uh, or this is embarrassing, or this is too private, or things like that were not true to me anymore. Certainly felt them as I was walking through the door, felt that resistance. Um, but I think my years of mural painting and desire to express love in public up to that point, and all the battles I had fought uh, to get to that point, gave me the wherewithal to know that this was the right thing to do. This was my actual path. Um, and the voices that say it's too intimate, it's embarrassing, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna make a fool of yourself uh, were, were not true. Um, those voices had definitely tripped me up in the past and, and there had been big, long drawn out battles, uh, mostly inside myself to have the courage to do whatever was the, um, the thing that the the adversary was trying to keep me from doing. Um, 
but a lot of those battles had already been won. So walking through that door to create the Your Love Project was was mostly a pretty peaceful, authoritative uh, progression. Uh, and and since doing it, you know, it's the the real joy has been to see how naturally it's been embraced by so many people and organizations. It's made me understand, and I think I said this to you a few times when I was in Dallas, I've just witnessed that that right under the surface, so many people, there's just this really idealistic, lovely, childlike, natural desire to share love, to recognize the presence of love. Um, and what the project does is it just gives people a vehicle to do that. Um, you know, it didn't have to be a mural. It could be a song. It could be, you know, a poem, whatever. But in my case, it's murals that are very public and it gives a school or a shelter or a, a business or a faith community a way to say, look, this is what we believe in. This is what we want to focus our community around. Um so that's that's the thing that has brought people to embrace this this project, this message, this art, um, which has been, you know, a revelation to me to see, you know, that I think the world gets gets and for good reason a, a reputation for being a grouchy, nasty, gnarly, dark place, <laughs> and and that's true in all these ways, but we often pass over the sweet childlike idealism that is just abiding right under the surface in so many people. Uh, and people just need an invitation to join in, to share it, uh, you know, to, to be shown maybe that it's safe, that it's going to be okay, uh, that it's worth doing. Um, so it, that, that's been very gratifying to me to witness just all this love. It's just right there in the schools, faith communities, the businesses, the social service organizations, the youth organizations, just the public. People are there, they're their sincere, honest, sweet selves that are often have a little veneer of armor or, or you know, some kind of defensive covering, but that goodness is just right there right under the surface, waiting to be drawn up. Wow, I think that's so, so inspirational to everybody listening to this. You know, it's 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 been a rough couple of years. I think, you know, we're hearing about all these terrible things happening across the planet. Um, a lot of, uh, just a lot of terrible wars and fighting. And, and so it seems small, right? You, you know, or I, I would say that, but the power the power of your thoughts, I always believe, are is much stronger than any action. Really, the thought moves so many things, and and putting these into words and putting them out in public, it it does really change so many people. I don't even know if you realize how many people you are affecting and how important it is. Like you just said, to give people the ability to to let down that armor a little bit and say, yeah. We we do believe that that you are loved. We believe that we should all love all people, right? We should mm -hmm. love all people. There's more people out there that believe that. When you watch the media, we 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 want to we. It kind of feels like it's all angry, hateful people about the you know separation and and blame. But there's I think there's many more people like you just said that just believe that everybody should have a right to live their lives, to love mm -hmm. each other, to be loved. And to yeah. be love, right? And, you know, the truth is that plenty of those people that are out there doing angry, grouchy, divisive things are the same people that have that love right under the surface. It's not two groups. We can create a culture. When you create a space where it is safe and normal to be loving, you invite people to be loving. When you create a space where it's normal to fight and hate and be threatened, those same people are going to fight and hate and be threatened. So, you know, which what culture are we going to create? 
uh, it's about initiative. It's about being the first one to say, I'm going to create a space where I recognize the good in you. Uh, people that are getting recognized for being good are much less likely to get in a fight um, than people who are being recognized for their flaws, their faults, their temperamentalness, you know, all of that. I love, I love what you said. I, I want to share, this is in your book. We didn't talk about this, but you did spend, you spent some years um, ministering to people in prison. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And I love the idea that, that you really do see the God in everybody, you know, Alex, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're right. Those same people just need to be that invitation, that culture of love, and it can be turned through art, you know, mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. I would yeah, I'd encourage all the listeners of, of this podcast, every artist, because we have people from many disciplines to think about that when you're doing your next piece of work, you know, how can I make it more about love and inclusivity and kind of shift that culture, you know, mm -hmm. in a loving manner, right? Like you said, it's not about attacking I and them or anything at all. It's mm -hmm. about all. It's about all of us. You know? It was a real transformation in my work. And this was probably between 15, 20 years ago now, um, when I switched or, or expanded, I should say, from being just trying to make beautiful pictures to I just realized I was out on a mural one time uh, and I, was, I had headphones on. I was listening to, to headphones, listening to music. And somebody came and wanted to ask me a question about the work. And I took my headphones off and had a conversation. And the conversation was a good one, you know, where I felt like I was connecting with this person. I was helping this person understand the art that I was making. And I just had this inspiration, like, don't wear your headphones anymore. You're here to answer these questions. You're here to have these conversations. And ultimately, I realized that's as much a part of my art as making the painting. You know, I'm making the painting, but but my it's also my work to love these people. It's the same. It's not different. There's not the painting and the conversations. It's all the art. That's all the artwork. And it's all about putting love into the public. And from that point on, I didn't wear headphones anymore. I haven't done it ever again. Um, because I wanted to be available for those conversations. Uh, and that absolutely transformed my work. And I feel, I could feel inside myself. It went from, I had my little light bulb of, you know, creative expression and it went, it got so much brighter because I embraced this idea of people being an opportunity to make my art versus them being a distraction from making my art. Well, that's, that's fantastic. That's such a wonderful story, you know? Um, I, I I had my I had a solo show this summer and and I I tell you you're right um, just being present while people were experiencing the show and then answering their questions it was it was wonderful you know it was <laughs> wonderful to hear how how it affected them what feelings they got from it how it moved them whatever healing they had because you know the show was up and down emotionally you know people <laughs> would, would, it was trigger it was meant to trigger people. But it was meant to trigger people in realizing that these emotions are flowing through you. They're not who you are, but you need to acknowledge them. You need to feel them. You need you surrender to them. And so literally every 10 feet, you know, someone was real happy, but then they'd feel really sad and then really angry and then really reverent and then kind of lazy. And so I kind of took them through this through the whole thing. But you're right, being there and in those moments, like you talk about the woman walking up to you and reacting to your work. It's all part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that that I have to bring this up because it, that conversation triggers something we talked about in our first interview, and I would encourage anybody listening to this to go back and listen to the old one, the old interview. Um, I loved how you talked about this, uh, and and I think I brought it up when we had dinner the other night because I did this whole concept on emotions, and I wanted to show how they flow through you. But I remember in the first interview, you talking about how you realized that emotions do propel you to create, you know, you, you can ride that wave, whether it's a wave of, of happiness or anger, you can ride it and create something. 
But you talked about how you started to consciously choose which emotions you wanted to um, experience when you were making art. Does it trigger? Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I sure do. Um, yeah, it, it, it began uh, again many years ago. Uh, I had I had been a very emotion motivated artist, just like you said. You know, if I was feeling joyful, my painting would be joyful. If I was feeling angry, my painting would be angry, um, etc. All you know, with all the whole spectrum of emotions out there. Um, but there was a point. Basically, I, I went through a, a deep and terrible depression for for several years, where I was still making art. Um, but ultimately, I found that the feelings were so bad that they they couldn't generate art. They were like I was trying in the way that I knew to use my feelings to make art, but the feelings were like ash. They just the art died as I was making it because the feelings were nothing. They were lifeless. You know, they were death. Wow. Um, and I found that it was basically, I want to keep making art, but how the hell do I do it? Because the one thing that I thought was what made good art is gone, uh, is, is no longer in service of art. It's like anti-art of <laughs> these feelings. Oh, yeah. Um, I found that I had to start... Uh, it sounds so facile and glib to say this, and it's not, but to direct my feelings, to choose my feelings. Uh, and again, like I said, it can sound when you're feeling depressed and somebody says, well, you can choose your feelings. You're like, yeah, yeah, right. Um, but I will just say it was one of the hardest things that I ever did in my whole life. <laughs> um, but it did happen. And it was motivated because I wanted to stop feeling terrible. You know, uh, that's basically the long and the short of it. And there was tons and tons and tons of prayer that went along with it about how to have the authority, how to feel strong enough to direct my thoughts. And ultimately, you know, obviously I'm just giving the very greatest hits here. It was a matter of, in a very inward way, turning away from that voice that just wanted to consume me with darkness. And it was spirit that was there in the absence. You know, when I turned away, what was here was just spirit that had just been waiting there calmly, unperturbed the whole time. And I could turn back here and look at death if I wanted to. And I did sometimes. And then I wished that I didn't. And I would turn back. Uh, and the amazing thing was spirit was just providing amazing, fascinating images to make art, to make paintings of. I found that I just had this, it's actually a chapter in the book. It's called fountain of ideas. Um, and that's what I felt that I found this fountain. It's just fountain of ideas that had literally nothing to do with my feelings. It made me feel great made me feel wonderful to engage that fountain, to make those pictures, to listen to its voice, the images that it was providing me. Um, it was not fake at all. That was the big problem. I thought the only good art comes from telling the truth. Good art comes from honesty. And I thought, well, if I'm sad, I have to tell a sad story because that's the truth. But it turned out it was just a little bit, not a little bit, it was a lot different than that. It was more nuanced. There's just more to life. We are deeper beings than emotions. That's the truth of the matter. We are more than emotions. Um, emotions can sometimes lead us to that deeper place, but sometimes emotions are a blockage to that deeper place. Um, and to me, the whole thing is, you know, if spirit, if God is the source of all these good things, I just want to find what spirit is saying. 
Uh, and sometimes that's going to be right in line with what I'm feeling. And sometimes that's going to be really different than what I'm feeling. And in those cases, I have to be willing to um, give up what I'm feeling, abandon what I'm feeling in service of my greater desire to make good art, be a better person, see more of the truth, just grow. Um, I don't think it works to fight for emotion in and of themselves because they're flawed. Sometimes they're great and sometimes they're not great. The thing that's always great is spirit. Uh, and so we find ourselves negotiating emotions. Um, and sometimes we want to fight like hell for those emotions, even when they're not right. <laughs> yeah. And it's just something that humans do. Um, and we get so mad. You know, we want to be, we want to be right. Uh, but sometimes we're just, you know, if we, if we believe that God is there, if we believe that there's this wise, loving, pure, fantastic source of good ideas, knows more than we do, which I do, if it knows more than I do, sometimes if I'm thinking something stupid, it's going to be right and I'm going to be wrong. And the difficult times that, that honestly invariably lead to growth is when we're willing to let, let it be more important to learn and expand and grow than it is to be right. Uh, mm. I think that uh, that's that navigation of emotions. Wow. You know, Alex, I, I can't even respond to that. It's so, it's so wonderful. I'm going to have to re-listen to this podcast a couple of times <laughs> and, and just ponder it. I'm I'm really gonna let and uh, let myself ponder that concept. Um, I love it. I love it. Thank you. And and it's so funny. Only when I was doing this project, because I decided, oh, after the fact, when I talked to you, this whole idea of demonstrating that emotions aren't who we are—that was the point of it. But then I remembered in the middle of it, I was like, oh, I remember that conversation with Alex when he's talking about when we, you know, you're right. You can go in the studio and you can slam something out that's really dark and 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 heavy because that's how you feel but you can also choose choose where you want to go and so i'm just going to ponder it i can't even listeners i can't even <laughs> sum it up yeah and i, I just want to say to me and I, I i can't imagine a person for whom it wouldn't be like this it is a navigation it's not just something you can decide to do uh and just be perfect at it uh you know, this is the work of human life, navigating how we feel and getting to spirit. You know, uh, there's, a, there's a wilderness of misleading feelings, thoughts, and ideas that we find ourselves in. You know, it's the world. Um, and we have to be so patient with ourselves because we're going to mess it up. But that patience, that mercy that we have towards ourselves um, is what allows us to learn from our mistakes um, and honestly just get so tired of bad emotions that we're willing to abandon them. Uh, and it takes, it takes a, a great humility, which I think we start to hunger for as we progress, start to hunger for that humility to be willing to lay down those things that are not serving us and take up those sometimes more difficult things that are serving us to make the actual progress uh, that makes us bigger and deeper and more capable of contributing. That's wonderful. That's a great... This is a great podcast as we go into the new year for people kind of to reset and recalibrate and think about. Um, is there anything else uh, uh, that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share with the listeners about your work um, that we haven't covered? We've covered some great things here. Yeah, no, I think this has been great. I feel I feel satisfied with what we've said. 
Yeah, I do too. And like I said, I really do have to ponder some of these things. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, it, there's level, like you said, there's levels of that and there's, it's, it's a wilderness, you know, um, I would encourage the listeners also, it's a great book. You are loved spiritual and creative adventures. There's a lot of stories in there to follow. I, I I'm going to get that map from you and we're going to overlay yeah. that. So, cause my goal, <laughs> well, we'll let spirit's goal be to fill that map up with a, with a mural <laughs> in every state, you know? Oh, I, I just that, love that. I do. Yeah. I think that would, that would be wonderful. And um, it's been, it's been great having you back and, and you know, next, Chris, I have one I have one more thing I, I want to say now, yeah, now that you mention it. Um I don't want the last thing I say to be this assertion of wilderness. Okay. I want the last thing I say to be that we navigate the wilderness with our eyes on spirit. That is the light. We're not just lost. We're not lost. You know, there are plenty of things that that make us feel like we're in this wilderness but the guide the north star is love you know it's all the virtues that we know uh you know courage creativity honesty forgiveness all of them the whole pantheon of virtues are out there to be lived and experienced and those are god in our daily experience and with those things we are never lost. You know, the world can be confusing, but and I just didn't want to f- to say we're in the wilderness. Okay, bye. You know, <laughs> no. no, you know what's funny? I and I don't think that. You know, I will go back to the original, the whole concept of your your mural campaign. When you when you tell people you are loved, you're telling them that, right? You're not mm-hmm. saying you're lost. That your mural campaign right. is it? It's a wilderness. Good luck. It's 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 this. <laughs> It's this affirmation. It's all good. It's all well. You're loved. There, there is a system behind all this. There's a system yeah. of perfection in place. And I it, like that. Yeah. So, so I think I, 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 I don't think you've left them that way. I love it, and I love that clarification. Good. You know. So, all right. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll. I, next time you're in Dallas, you gotta let me know. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's right. Um, I, I I love this interview and I love chatting with you and it was great seeing you um, at work and seeing your creativity and and uh, people he had in the bio here there'll be description he's on Instagram you can follow Alex on Instagram everywhere else keep up with where he's going but I want to thank you for being on the podcast thank you so much Chris it's been so fun to be here it has been great and I wish you a happy new year and and I how many more murals we have to get we'll get there <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much Chris. Happy New Year. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the Spiritual Artist Podcast. Whether you're watching this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or iHeartRadio, make sure you choose the subscribe button so that you will receive updates when new segments are released. Most importantly, be still, listen, and know that you are a spiritual artist.